All right, let me get this pulled up here so I can watch uh, comments, and then uh, and then we'll be good to go. Here we go. Okay, let me turn the volume off. Perfect. Okay, hello, coffee lovers. It's Friday night. It's 1900 or 7 p.m. if you like, standard Central Standard Time. I'm Jose Alanis with Third Day Coffee Seguin. We are a Christian-based, veteran-owned coffee roasting company. And I have some incredible news today. Hello, Carrie. Uh, this is going to be a great episode, not only because of the veteran that I have uh, that's going to talk about his program, but there's huge announcements that I've got to make. And so first things first, uh, episode 13, if you look at the chat, at the, at the links. If you're on Clubhouse, hit me up on Instagram and I'll give you the code for tonight's episode. Tonight's episode discount code is EPI, Echo Papa India, all caps, 13. And then the word Snowmageddon, because I'm in Texas and we had Snowmageddon this week. And so uh, that's our discount code, EPI 13 Snowmageddon. And like I said, if you're on Clubhouse, you can hit me up on Instagram and I'll get you that code. Uh, that code is good for 10% for 30 days for anything uh, in our store, any of our, of our, um, uh, whatchamacallit, coffee or anything that you want. Uh, hello, Carrie, and hello, Tai Eliason. Hello. Um, I hope I, I'm sure I fouled your name up, brother. If I did, I'm sorry. Okay. So again, tonight, our, our, uh, I'm going to talk real quick. I'm going to bring David on while I do the introduction because I just want to get this thing rolling. Hello, David. Hey, Jose. How you doing? Good. Okay, so I'm going to run through a couple of things while you're with us. Uh, so this is our God Country Coffee Cups. They're coffee cups. They've got our, our logo on the other side. I know it's hard to see because the green screen is messing it up. But um, these have a little imperfections in them. And uh, what I'm going to do is uh, the God Country Coffee site's perfect. Um, I'm going to give two of these mugs away. And all you have to do is tell me or uh, send me a message, uh, the scripture that I'm going to give, I'm going to give a scripture away somewhere during the podcast. And all you have to do is, is, uh, send me a message with the scripture and I'll send you two of these coffee cups. All right. And then I've got to, um, one of the other things that we're going to do is I'm going to talk about a couple of books. All these books are in the hello, Tammy. Uh, all these books are in the comments. And so the first book is called like the prodigal prodigal son. I returned, uh, he's a friend of mine from church. He was an army veteran. Uh, he was also a member of the infamous Bandito's motorcycle gang. And somehow he's still alive. Uh, thanks be to God. He's got a great book. Um, and that is in the link in the comments. The other book that I'm still reading, and I apologize because I'm a slow reader, but Donna Michaels, I had her on a couple weeks ago. Uh, her book is called Courageously Broken incredible read. I can't put either of those books down. Um, and, uh, that's also in the links. You can click on that and go straight to Amazon. Um, the other book is called American dream by Magda Khalifa. She's a army veteran that lives in Florida, uh, wrote this book. She's a first generation American combat veteran. Uh, and she's going to be on the show in April. And then last but not least, obviously unleash your humble alpha. Uh, by Steve Kuhn and Lane Ballone, uh, also both combat veterans. Uh, 
uh, Lane was a, a, a ranger and they have this incredible book that is now a registered college course. So uh, they're doing incredible things with that. I highly recommend uh, if you want a great business book uh, to get that. And of course, the other books are just incredible stories. Um, again, if you're on Clubhouse and you want to ask David a question, once we get started here, just raise your hand. I'll bring you up. Um, and again, my, my guest tonight is David Payne. Uh, he was with the 82nd Airborne. He did two tours in Iraq. Um, and I've looked at your site many times and I love that one picture and it took some doing because it's an HTML. Uh, it took some doing to get it for the icon for the show tonight. Uh, but I was really, really glad I could use that picture. That's a great picture. Uh, great. Right. And so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to let David, um, Oh, I want to do one more thing. Here's the big announcement. I left my job today. Uh, I have worked off and on for the federal government since I was 18 years old when I joined the Navy. I got out off and on over the next, you know, whatever, 18 years, 20 years. Uh, I worked off and on for the government, state government, federal government. And the last 10 years, I've worked for one of those three-letter agencies uh, here in San Antonio. Uh, great job. I worked for a private company. They were DOD contractors. And I fixed pumps for specialized equipment. And as a going away gift, my team built me this little pump. And I know you can't see the green because it's a green screen, but I can't tell you how incredibly funny this is. That's because, awesome. Uh, you know, it's indicative of what I did the 10 years that I was there. I developed a program of maintenance uh, and we refined it. And they, they told me if I ever wanted to come back that I had that, it, that this pump is broken and I'd have to fix it to go back. <laughs> Uh, but it was a great day. I also got a, a Navy paddle for those of you familiar with the Navy paddle uh, that is gifted. Uh, you see a lot of, you know, retirees that get them uh, and it's got my company logo on it and it's got some other stuff on it for me. Uh, and so uh, anybody who's watching for my company, I I'm just overwhelmed with emotion uh, for the last 10 years. And so I, this is not about me, but I just had to really get that out. It's just incredible. Uh, and this is a huge leap of faith also. And with that, I'm going to, the last thing I'm going to say before we get you going is uh, I'm, I thank God for everything that he's done. Um, from the first time that we went to New Zealand and, and Australia back in 2014, where I had a first real cup of coffee, uh, to, to today, which was a culmination of everything that I've learned since then. Uh, and God has put so many people in my life. He's put so many people in front of me. And uh, my mission is just to serve him in a way that glorifies him. Um, and, uh, you know, our mission is pretty simple. We're going to share the word of God. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to help veterans and active duty, especially those that are in crisis. Uh, and we're going to get people to quit drinking gas station coffee. And so, so with that, uh, David Payne, I'm going to let you introduce yourself, brother. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you were raised, and what led you to join the military. Yeah, thanks, Jose. And first off, you know, congrats. I know we talked a little bit last night and you and I have been friends for quite a while now. And it's just amazing to see your path and how far you and your company have come. And and uh, you, you've been there and supporting us from the very beginning. So I really appreciate that. It's so I'm very proud of you and and uh, your business and your leap of faith, your financial freedom. It's awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm super pumped for you, man. And I appreciate you having me on tonight. 
Um, I'm David Payne. I'm the owner of GI Resupply. Um, I live in central Ohio. So all the snow that you got, Jose, we get, that's like a normal thing for us, but we got a ton of it this year so far. But, you know, we were hearing and praying for you guys down in, in Texas because that's something that's a little out of the ordinary for you guys. And uh, yeah, we, we all got hit pretty hard here recently. Um, I joined the army right out of high school. You know, I was, uh, I was actually homesick, uh, from school on September 11, 2001, um, ironically. And I, I personally believe that everything happens for a reason. People are put in our, our path and in our lives for a reason. Events happen in our lives for a reason. And, and, you know, there was a reason why I wasn't at school. I was at home all day. My mom, I remember my mom coming in my room and saying, you know, we're under attack. Someone's attacking us. And the, I replied, you know, well, we're probably going to go to war then. And I flipped the TV on and I watched it all day long. And then obviously throughout the week and then as things started going on and then, you know, with, uh, you know, when we invaded Afghanistan, the invasion of Iraq and I was still in high school, that pretty much set the my path there. Um I had wanted to go to college, but after that, I was like, you know, um, I may not get this opportunity again. So joined the army right out of high school. Um, I didn't know where my duty station was going to be. I just knew I was going in and I was going to be in the infantry. Um, but in basic training, I got an airborne contract, <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, went to airborne school. Got sent to Fort Bragg in North Carolina and um did two tours overseas with the 82nd Airborne Division. The first time was in 2005 to 2006, about five months long, um, over on the Iranian border. And the second time was in 2007, the very beginning, January 2007. We got back around March of 2008. Um, we went in for the surge into Baghdad. So we were there for about 15 months. Um, wouldn't change it for the world. Um, and it's an experience that I will take with me to the day I die. It, you know, there are, are friendships and people that I've met that I'm still friends with today and I will be forever. Um, and it's even amazing meeting people um, who I didn't serve with, but have been in the military. Like you and I can meet each other, both of us serving, and immediately we have that connection. It feels like I've known you forever. Um, and I, so I think that's pretty special in the veteran community, something that we have. Um, yeah, now, uh, owner of GI resupply, we, uh, we ship care packages to people who are overseas. So we started up after COVID, uh, hit, it was around May, 2020, a lot of troops were being affected by it. You know, we are being stuck indoors, restaurants and things are being shut down. We can't go out. Um, but our, our troops are still out there every single day. You know, their mission didn't stop. They're still deployed overseas. Um, they're still serving on their military bases. A lot of organizations weren't able to support them because of COVID. And there are a lot of places, even on bases, that had to shut their doors because of COVID. So our main focus is just to fill that gap, support as much as we can. There's still a lot of people serving around the world. Um, you know, even though these wars have been going on for many, many years. There's still people putting their lives on the line every single day. And unfortunately, it has almost become second nature to us. It's, it's too normal to have these wars going on. Um, other things are flooding the headlines. Um, you don't really hear about it too much anymore. 
And so we're just trying to bring back, you know, that awareness of what's happening around the world and then supporting them in the process. That's, uh, you know, that's, <clears throat> I know that I was supposed to, and I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to do it. I promise you, uh, supposed to do a little video on <clears throat> what it means to get a, you know, listen, when, when you're out to sea or when you're, and I don't, you know, that's all I can speak to because mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't in branches, but I assume that when you're out in the field uh, and I know because my, my brother was out, uh, Scott Riley, he was out in Djibouti. And so, you know, he's literally out in the desert somewhere. And, uh, you know, on a ship, it's a little harder to get mail. And especially oh, yeah. when you're out, you know, for long, long periods of time. And you, uh, man, you, when they call mail call, you're just hanging on the edge of your seat, hoping that somebody sends you a postcard, mm -hmm. you know. And, and if you got a package, man, with stuff in it, you were like, you were like the guy. <laughs> and, you know, and of course, you know. I, when I did get packages, I always shared with my brothers and, you know, we didn't have, we didn't have women on our ship at first, but, uh, you know, whatever they sent from home, you know, and I always told mom and everybody else, Hey, listen, um, you know, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna share. So make sure you send enough. And, yeah. uh, with my brother, when I would send him stuff, we had a lady from church, Janelle Mercer. She would, uh, she's this incredible, incredible woman. And she would make homemade cookies. Mm. Scott like cookies and so she'd make them from scratch and she would make me five or six dozen uh and i would you know vacuum seal them twice uh put them in a box and and send them to scott but i, I do know that the first couple of packages that scott got he got them pretty quick but after that especially after the the pandemic and all the you know sequestering people here or shutting down you know everything uh it it would take him sometimes months and so i can't imagine the rest of the guys you know and so they're all sitting around, you know, with nothing, just doing their job, whatever mundane it was and, and, you know, however difficult it was and, and, and in some, you know, in some cases treacherous. And so uh, I, it's such a huge thing, man, to get a package from home. Um, so um, how long did you stay in the military? I was in uh, active duty for around four and a half years. I, I got out of the military. I was out for almost... 10 months and then got a call from a recruiter and they were like, Hey, you can come in the reserves and train people who are, uh, who are still deployed and, and, and help them out. So I just wanted to hang on I, one second. Yeah. My mom called me and I'm going to the phone. Hello. Hi. Hi mom. I hit your thing, but he's loud. I don't know how to turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> well, ask JC. He'll tell you how to do it. Oh, well, then. Hello? Hello? Hi, Mom. Hi. There's an echo now. All right, Mom. I'll call you a little while, okay? All right. All right. I love Bye. you. Bye. Love you, too. Hello. Bye. Bye. I'm so glad she called. That's awesome. Uh, it's funny because, you know, we, we talk about it every week. Hey, mom, don't forget, you know, I have my podcast at 7, so don't call. And so today I was just messing around with her, and I was like, hey, mom, call me at 7.15. And, and she actually called. <laughs> so, yeah. But, right on the money, too. I know, right? right? 
<laughs> so anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, real quick, I'm going to give away a scripture. And uh, this scripture is going to be good for two of my coffee mugs. And I might even throw some samples in there. I don't know. You never know what's going to happen around here third day, especially since I am rejoicing in the plan that God has for me. Uh, but if you'll remember this scripture and send me a, send me a message, I don't care if you, how you send it on Instagram or Facebook or, uh, put it in the comments, you know, and I'll see it, but I'll send you two of these cups and, um, I, I will tell you the correction on the website. I'll send you some documentation that has our website on it. That's corrected, but, um, and it's going to be Esau Genesis 27, 11. All right. So. I'm sorry for interrupting you. I'm glad that mom called and um, let's just pick up where we were. I'm sorry. Yeah. You, I mean, you have to interrupt me for mom. If not, then that's, you get yourself in trouble for that one. So you have to do that every time, but no, going back, uh, I did four and a half years uh, active with the 82nd. I got out for 10 months. I was doing the college thing. Um, the reserves called me a recruiter. They sold me. They were like, Hey, if you come back in, um, basically I was going to go into a unit that um, trained people who were going on deployment. So all some of the younger folks that were coming up and maybe going on their first deployment and all that, we would help them train um, whether that be, you know, great grenade launchers, um, zeroing their weapon, qualifying their weapon, mount training, um, things like that. So that's what I did uh, for about four years after active duty in the reserves. So I, I'm, I want to ask you about the picture that you have on GI resupply where you're squatting down uh, with a bunch of kids. Tell me mm -hmm. about that day. Yeah, I, I remember that that day very vividly. So we went into an area of Baghdad. Um, not a whole lot of people had been down there or there hadn't been a whole lot of U.S. troops presence around there. So um, we went in there. There were kids everywhere. I mean, like probably like 50. 25, 30, 50 kids around there. I remember they were pickpocketing me. So in our uniforms, we had like uh, like pins on our sleeves and they were taking the pins and, you know, we always carried stuff around with us too. So we, um, you know, in the picture, you'll see a girl with an Iraqi flag and there were folks who were with us that handed those out to them. We always had candy and soccer balls and all that stuff. I'll have to show you a picture. I, I need to see if I could find it, but it was basically like a picture behind us of like kids all the way down a road following us. And it was such an awesome feeling. I remember like at that time I was carrying a radio on my back. The thing was so heavy. So just being able to take a break, take a knee um, with the kids was, was a good time, but we were always out there trying to um, be a positive influence for the kids. I mean, some of the, the areas that they lived in, you know, it's, whether that be, um, you know, just their housing or running water or the streets, you know, filled with trash and water and things like some of sometimes the li the, their living conditions were not great. And we just tried to raise their spirits as much as we could. We always had soccer balls and candy and threw them food and stuff like that. So it was always fun to, to interact with them. Yeah, I can't even imagine that. I was uh, I was in uh, during peacetime and I got out in 95, uh, and you know, 
when 9-11 hit, I was probably 400 pounds. And so I wasn't going anywhere but but to McDonald's for lunch. And so uh, I, you know, it's not that I, I don't ever say that I missed doing that because mm-hmm. I don't think anybody ever joins up to go to combat or to go into an area where the unknown, you know, you, people are going to shoot at you, try to take your life and stuff like that. Nobody ever wants that. Nobody definitely, I mean, we all sign up, right, with the knowledge that there's a possibility that we might die while we're on active duty. We all understand that going in. But uh, nobody really joins. I don't join like, hey, I'm going to join the military so I can die. That's right. Not it. And, you know, you want right. to serve your country. And, and of course, in, in, in this particular case, you know, we were attacked. And that, man, that spawned this just a huge I love, I have a friend of mine who was, uh, he right out of high school, went to the Marines. And then later on he got out, never went to combat. And then he went back in the army and he got detached to a Marine unit and went to combat, heavy combat in Afghanistan, 2010. And he said, uh, he's, he posted something one time that said, I wish every day was September 12th. Mm. And, and not because of the life loss, not because we had been attacked, but because of the way the country just like oh, yeah. nobody cared what political party you were. Nobody cared what religion you were. Nobody cared what color you were. Mm-hmm. We were one country and we were under attack. Yeah. And uh, and I, I remember that vividly. And so um, it's just incredible. Um, let's talk. I just I'm flashing up trying to flash up messages here as they're coming up and uh, I'm going to flash this one up and I'm going to let you address this and talk about your mission a little more. Yeah. Uh, And, and so how did you get the company started? I mean, what, I mean, aside from the fact that you understood personally firsthand what, what it was like to get a package while you're deployed, but uh, how did you get from there to GI resupply? You know, it was, if I could go back and do it again, there'd probably be a little bit more planning involved. Um, this thing was, you know, it, just hearing about some of the, I mean, we all, we're all living through the COVID um, pandemic and and the things that it's affected, it's affected, you know, small businesses and, and um, it's unfortunate. I hope that we can get reopened and, and be on our feet again. Um, but it, you know, it was affecting the military as well. Um, you know, there, I had buddies of mine who were deployed at the same time. Um, and they were stuck in limbo for a while because they didn't know where we're going to move people because of COVID where we they were supposed to go do a mission. It got, it got uh, put on hold and then they were kind of sitting there and um, you know, there was word that, you know, some people, you know, support for the military resource for the military had to shut down because of COVID. And so um, I just wanted to fill the gap for them. Um, I said, you know, maybe we can open this up to the public um, a lot of people want to support our troops, just like you said, um, that nine twelve mentality. And we got warm welcomes when we were coming home. Um, you know, people may not support what's going on, but they'll support the military. Um, and some people don't know what to do or how to support the military. And we just wanted to provide an easy way to do it. Um, you know, there's no waiting in line. You don't have to leave your home because of the pandemic. Um, you know, our, that's just people who want to support me. Now, if we even think of our military spouses who are at home, um, they have a special place in my heart because of all the things that they have to do while they're home, while their loved ones are gone. 
Um, you know, they're taking care of the kids. They're taking the kids to school. They're paying the bills. They're going to the grocery store. Um, things with the house, they're taking care of that. If something breaks down, they're helping with that. It's just so much to do. And then on top of all that, um, their loved one is deployed and they're, they're worried sick about them. And just to give them a little bit of time back in their day, we wanted to just provide an easy way for them as well. You know, they can support their loved ones, but they can also get, you know, an hour or two back in their day for themselves. Um, and you're exactly right about receiving uh, mail and care pack. That was the best feeling. Um, what, you know, coming back from a, a patrol or a mission, you've been out for a couple of days while you're deployed and you come back and you've got mail sitting on your bed was the best feeling in the world. Even if it, you know, it's, it's great hearing from your, your family and your friends and your loved ones, but then you'd also get mail from people that you didn't know. And just hearing like, sometimes we get letters from kids at school and their classroom would write us letters and we'd read them and then correspond with them back. That's so awesome. You know what I mean? And it's given them an opportunity to correspond with people who are deployed and then we can talk with them. Um, we're just trying to continue that feeling. Um, it's little gestures like that, that means so much for people who, you know, are in the middle of nowhere with not a whole lot of resources. Um, and, you know, the majority of our care packages, you know, some of them have gone to people that they've known, but I would say 95% of the care packages that we have sent are from people who don't know anybody deployed. They just want to help. They just want to contribute. And that's, that's that spirit that we want to continue to, to grow. Um, we want to build those relationships with people. So all the care packages that we send out, um, the person who purchased that care package will have their, their name and address if they wish for it to be in there, in there so that, you know, the soldier, sailor, airman, Marine, um, whoever it goes to, they can correspond back with the person who, who purchased that care package for them and build that relationship. Cause you know, we could all learn something from each other. And, um, there's so many people in the world that, that we can get to know. And this is just one, one special way to do it. Man, I, I tell you what, it's such an, and I'm going to say, I'm going to shout out to the comeback coach, man, Richard Kaufman. Uh, I don't know if you know Richard Kaufman, yeah. David. Have you seen the show yet? No, I've not been on it. I have heard it though. He's, he's a legend. You, he is a legend. Uh, you need to link up with him and get on his show. Cause he's got a huge, huge, uh, base that he uh, he gets his podcasts out to way bigger than mine is. Uh, and and it just I just think this is such an because, you know, there's a lot of things. We have another guy in one of the groups that does these things called combat boxes, and they're awesome. Mm -hmm. And you get all cool stuff. But, you know, anybody can, you, you know, get one of those things. I can get a subscription and, and I'm not, you know, but yours is very specific. Your box is not, uh, you, you know, it's going to, to troops that are that are not at home. Yeah. Uh, and they're away from home and they're in different places. And so, um, you know, that's that's huge. And like you said, you know, it doesn't matter what the situation is. You know, you come back to your rack or your bunk or your tent or, you know, in some cases, your your shipping container home. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's something there from from home or from. I know Scott, uh, my brother, when he was deployed, I would ask him, what do you need? He says, well, you know, we have everything we need, but, you know, mm -hmm. can you see some like, you know, snacks and and some cookies and things that they really couldn't get over there? Yeah. Uh, you know, there wasn't a gidunk machine. It, uh, let me let me 
define that word gidunk for those who don't know it. it. I think it's a Navy term, but it may, may be a military term. But gidunk is junk food. And it could come in a in the form of a crack, you know, a package of crackers or a candy bar or whatever. And so uh, there, there's no gidunk machines in forward areas. And so <laughs> you, know, uh, you get chow and then and then you, you know, you get care packages. And, and that's usually where the where the good stuff comes rolling in. And so, uh, I, I, you know, I, I can't tell you how incredible that mission is because People have overlooked that all the time. People always want to help, but they don't quite understand how, man, I really, I really want to do something, but I mean, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Well, it's pretty simple. You can log on to GI resupply. You can get a subscription and, and tell David to send a care package to a different troop somewhere in the world deployed every month. Um, you. you know, and so I also want to note that in the, in the chat log in the very front, if you go to the comments, uh, some of the I've got David's uh, his Facebook pages in here. Uh, I have his uh, Instagram in here, uh, and then his website is trailing across the bottom of the screen as we're doing this. Uh, GIresupply.com. And so I'm going to talk to you now about something that uh, I know that we have talked about because it's kind of how we got linked up in the first place, and it's the very first thing that's written right above my head. Uh, and you and I are the same maker. And so uh, we believe the same thing. Um, and I want to talk to you a little bit about God. And so uh, I want to know at what point in your life did you understand that you had a relationship or that you needed a relationship with, with Christ? I mean, when did that happen? Yeah, good question, man. And uh, it's something that I think about a lot. So when I was younger, I would go to church with my grandma. Every Sunday I was involved, you know, I'd pass out the communion plate. Um, when I got out of the military, I would, you know, read from the Bible in front of the congregation, etc. But one thing I learned was that I was not doing it right. So I thought that I was a Christian and a believer and and a follower, a follower of Christ. Um, but I really I was just I was faking the funk. And I learned that, you know, I've been sober now for about seven years and some change. And it wasn't until after that time when I got sober and that I found God the right way. So before I would go to church, I'd think I was doing everything right. I wasn't living um, a life of faith, though, Um Every time I prayed, it was normally for things that I needed or I wanted. And, you know, God, please give me an A on this test or please let me get that raise at work or please, you know, whatever else I, I would pray for. It was all about me, 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 me. Um, and then as soon as I got it, I was like, all right, thanks. And then I would act like I, like I had something to do with that. And I would go on with my life and, and forget about God until I needed something else again. And I would come back. Um, after I got sober and I was brought into recovery is when, um, I found God the right way. Um, and it changed the, the whole way that, that I live my life now. Um, when I wake up in the morning, I hit the floor and I pray before I go to bed at night, I hit the floor and I pray. Um, I pray for other people. I pray for, you know, how can I be of service to other people? Um, that's what's important to me now. 
Um, and that's what I try to do now. That's one thing that we're trying to do with GI resupply. That's something else that, you know, there's other things that I want to do in life as well. Um, I have a son who's autistic. I think next path in my life is doing something for, for the autistic community. Um, people in recovery, a buddy, a buddy of mine who actually brought me into recovery, um, him and I want to get together and help those who are struggling with drugs and alcohol. Um, I think just being of service to others really makes life that much more enjoyable. And um, I would say it was, you know, military was definitely when I, I think I got the closest to Christ was during that time. Um, I would always carry a Bible, one of those small Bibles that, that would, they would issue us in the military. I always had it over my heart and my uniform everywhere I went, um, always carried it. Um, but it was definitely during that time um, when God led me to recovery and recovery led me back to God. Um, and I, I truly believe that because I am not the person I am today spiritually uh, without getting sober. Man, I'm going to ask you a question on that because uh, it's something that is. Uh, so when I first came uh, to Christ, when I first surrendered my life, I um, I. I realized that I'd spent my whole life in church, but not in Christ. Right. Mm. When, I, when I finally came to that point uh, that I uh, fully surrendered and, and uh, I love it the way my mentor told me, he said, you have to come to a point in your life where you realize that that on your own, in your own flesh, trying to do things the way you want to do them, there is zero hope. Mm -hmm. And the only hope you have is to to give up everything that you are for all that he is. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that, uh, you know, everything changed like overnight, bam. And uh, and so uh, my mentor was a combat veteran. He is a combat. I mean, he's not dead. He's still here. Uh, he just he moved out of the area, so I don't see him that much anymore. Uh, but his name is William Davis, and he was in the 82nd Airborne. And no uh, yeah, and and he uh, came back and and he kind of fought God's will for a while. Then he surrendered his life to preach, which is what God I think had intended for him all along. And all kinds of beautiful things happened after that. But he. Um, he was always talking about how so many guys come back. And I guess what I'm, where I'm going with this is that you're talking about your drinking. Mm -hmm. So I asked him, you know, and I said, man, I said, how, how do you, how are you not taking a bag full of pills and, and drinking like a fish on a regular basis? Like everybody else that I know that comes back from Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, yeah, not, not everybody, cause I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna generalize. I'm not gonna say that it's not everybody, but some people do struggle with that. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they drink too much and they, you know, self-medicate. We'll just call it self-medicating because I, I still drink and, you know, it's something that I, I don't do publicly anymore ever. Uh, but uh, it's different now because I don't really care about that. I just like to have a glass of something with my dinner sometimes. But yeah. was that something that you struggled with? Is that why you drink? I would say so. You know, it, I won't I won't lie and say that, you know, it was in the military, after the military is when I started, I, my buddies and I drank in, in high school, not n normally during the football season, but I mean, when that thing was over, we'd be every weekend, we were getting to some, I don't know how we did, but we did. And so that's something that, you know, we did then. Um, 
the army, you, you know, they, we train hard. This is with the military period, not just the army. So military, you, you train hard, um, disciplined, very, you know, your day is, is very structured for you. Um, but when you get to the weekend, it's game on. And, and it sure was, um, they used to make fun of me. So behind me with the flag, um, the AA flag, they, they used to actually, um, you know, one of the nicknames was like Alcoholics Anonymous, even for the 82nd. I mean, there was a there was a PX or there, you know, a PX to those who haven't been in the military. It's basically like a gas station on on base. It was open 24 hours a day. You could buy alcohol 24 hours a day. There was no curfew. There was no like 2 a.m. The bars are closed. You can get it. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Now, I, I, from what I've heard, that has changed a little bit because of some of the, you know, consequences that come with that. But um, it, we definitely partied hard and it, that was just part of that culture. Um, however, when I got out, everybody, the majority of people back home do not drink like that when, when you get home. So you're the one going you know, hard and everyone else is like either finishing up school or they they have a, a full-time job. And, you know, some of that, I, I miss my, my, you know, brothers in arms. And I miss that, um, that feeling of, you know, living and working for something greater than myself. That's, that's what I, I thought like, the army was to me was it was for a cause that was greater than me. Um, and when I left the military, I was just a no named nobody kid going to college um, who had a little bit more money than an average college kid because of the military and the GI bill and all that. But I was just a Joe blow on the street. And I think that hurt. And so, but, I, you know, I didn't want the military to be the only thing I did with my life. I wanted that to be a chapter and I wanted there to be other things that, that I was successful for, but all those things, you know, obviously it takes time. It takes work to get there. You have to go to school and graduate. And if you want to, you know, in, in the path I was taken now, I don't believe that that's just a personal opinion of mine. I think, um, everyone can go to college. You think if you, if you know a trade and can do a trade, that's, that's what's important nowadays. But, um, I, it was just taking so much time. I didn't have the patience. Um, I wanted everything right now and that's just not how life works. And so to deal with all those problems, I would drink to forget about it. And I, I remember sitting at bars, like I'm going to drink so that I don't have to worry about this tonight. And but the here's the here's the the kicker when you wake up in the morning it's still there so that's one big thing that I learned was you know if I avoid it now it's still going to be there tomorrow and it's still going to be there the next day if I don't deal with these things so that was probably the biggest the biggest reasons I drank one you know the culture helped with that but the main thing the biggest thing was just you know. I wasn't fighting for a greater cause anymore. And that really wore me down. Yeah, I, I can't, 
you know, I, I was not, a, I was a non-combat veteran. Obviously I was in before we ever did anything over there. Um, the, the scariest thing we ever did was chasing Russian subs up by Alaska. Mm-hmm. It wasn't scary to me. It was fun because we had torpedoes and they didn't. And yeah. so yeah. Uh, they did, but they just weren't as good as ours. And we had depth charges and we had all kinds of good stuff. And anyway, <laughs> you know, we played this huge cat and mouse game all the time. Mm-hmm. We were always chasing them and they were always chasing us. And it was kind of a respect thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, so I didn't come out of that culture where you're wound up tight all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Donna's book, I'm reading Donna's book. Uh, and in her book, you know, she talks about that. She worked with the SEAL teams down in Panama. And those dudes get wound up so hard, they go out on mission, they come back, and they would just unload. Yeah. You know? And, I um, mean, she talks about them making a swimming pool out of the back of a truck. And, and there's <laughs> a picture in a book, and I'm looking at it. And it's funny because it was taken, you know, I mean, in probably the same time I was in the service a long time ago. But um, that doesn't ever change, it seems like, because the pictures I've seen of my dad when he was overseas, you know, and stuff like that. Um it seems like our culture is very similar. It never really changes in the military. It's just like you said, you work hard, you get wound up all week. And then I, I, I mean, the air, like the, a lot of the guys used to hate us, especially when we would go to like Puerto Rico and, and uh, anywhere like that. Uh, when the Navy would show up, man, the army and the air force, everybody would hate us. Cause we, if we've been out to sea for like 90 days, we mm-hmm. got a pot full of money. Right. And we go into town and, and try to, you know, drink through every bottle that they have. <laughs> and it was just a common thing, you know, and, and my uncle uh, who passed away this last year, he was a, he was on the very first nuclear, nuclear, God, I sound like George Bush now, Sorry. Yeah. but uh, <laughs> he was on the first nuke sub called the Nautilus. Wow. And he was in uh, Virginia uh, when the Navy overran the town in Norfolk and yep was there in the 90s for school there were still places that you could go and you you could still find a sign in somebody's yard that said dogs and sailors keep off grass <laughs> and so but that was the culture you know you're i, I mean i that you're so you know spot on with that um but you know i think some of that too has has turned and I, I don't know i mean did you ever suffer with ptsd or anything like that you know it I was never diagnosed with anything, but it's something that I think everybody comes back a little different. I I truly believe that. I mean, just you're talking about everyone being wound up. And I I remember coming back on on mid tour leave and just trying to I turned 21 in Baghdad. So that that in itself was just, you know, it was it was. At the time, you know, as a 21 year old, I was like, this is awful. Now it's like, it, it's not a big deal. And I probably didn't need to be around here when I was 21 anyway. But <laughs> so I, uh, I remember being out at like a bar with friends on mid tour leave. I got to come home for 18 days in the middle of that, um, that 15 month deployment and not even realizing it, like scanning rooftops while I'm standing there with, with my, with my beer. And that's just not, that's just something that became second nature to us, but it's not normal behavior to come home and and do that. So I I think that, you know, anyone who's been through some of those situations or everyone comes home a little bit different. 
Yeah. My uncle, uh, my, my dad's youngest brother, he was in Vietnam. And, uh, and my dad was in just after Korea. And dad was in Turkey. And uh, he had to kill a guy while on duty. He had to shoot the guy, a guy that was on their base, but he violated all these protocols. Mm. Uh, we were driving back to the base and they told him he got the order to fire and, and dad couldn't do it. So he fired a warning shot uh, and the guy kept coming and they told him, you know, you have to assume that it's not him. And so he did. And so dad never spoke about that till very late in his life. Uh, and my uncle was in Vietnam and he doesn't talk about it at all. You know, I've tried several times and I will never ask him again. I respect my uncle. I pray for him daily because there's no telling what he what he went through. But uh, I know that we really didn't address things. And my uncle said it to he told me one time. Well, he's told me lots of things that have stuck with me. First, he told me things that happen in war are not palatable to the general public. You can't really talk to people about what goes on mm-hmm. because most people, most civilians. No, they just not going to get it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing he said. He says, nothing good is going to come of it. It's not like you're going to be, you know, if if you have a screw loose before you go, it's not going to get tightened down while you're there. No. (laughs) So, you know, uh, you're not going to come back better. No. Uh, You may have a a better perspective about the world in general. Uh, And and so I I completely respect. uh, But, you know, we were getting on the subject. And the reason I was kind of pushing that way is because, one of the things that that we really want to do with uh, with our mission, the reason that why every single you know this is episode thirteen, and every every person I've had on the show has all been veterans, except for one, mm-hmm. my coffee supplier, and he's such a patriot. You know, I, I wish he would. I wish he would have been a veteran because, you know, but I don't see him in any different light because he's doing God's work, and uh, to me, you know, there's there's nothing higher than being in God's army. And so even though I was a sailor, I'm proud to say that, that I'm, I'm in God's army now. Yeah. And, and so uh, there's nothing more profound, I guess, you know, to me, to a believer. And so, uh, you know, I, I was, I can't believe I just lost my train of thought, man. I just went out the window, like just completely, (laughs) man, that that's terrible. That's the first time in 13 episodes. But anyway, uh, so all, all the guys that I brought on the show have, have all been, you know, military or veterans and everybody's got a different perspective, but I think we're all out to do the same thing. And we, you know, we're out to address, you know, pain points and issues that we see. Uh, yours is really incredibly uh, unique, you know, because I mean, who does that? You know, people, families send care packages because we have we have a loved one that's deployed. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't know of another uh, entity like yours uh, that is doing exactly what you're doing. And uh, and I know Carrie uh, has has also contributed uh, uh, to your and and the fact that you're not just narrowing your your scope. In fact, earlier when you were talking about your son. Uh, and I know this, I never would have mentioned it till she did, but, uh, Carrie has an autistic son as well. Yeah. So I don't know if y'all knew that about each other. But, I did not. I yeah, did. Well, there you go. So I don't know what, what, and you know, she's coming out with a new coffee here really soon. Yes, she is. Her girl coffee. I love the logo. 
Uh, I'm excited about trying her coffee. And yes, I, I'm a coffee company. And yes, I totally enjoy uh, other coffees. Uh, and and but so back. So on point here, here's where my train of thought was going is that we really try to do something bigger than us. And and for me, you know, obviously getting the word of God out is always at the forefront of my mission. You know, secondly, it's always to, to try to address the crisis that our veterans are in. And you're obviously very well adjusted. Uh, and I'm going to say, I'm going to take a lot of way out on a limb, but a lot of that is God, right? God grounds you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mentor, Will, extremely grounded. But he, and I asked him because he's told me some horrible, horrible stories, just things that are beyond like, you know, bullets that would come into his turret and swing around a couple of times and then swing out and not scratch him. Uh, RPGs that would come at him and then just veer off uh, and stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, that's God. That, that's not us. That's not anything that a human can do. Uh, and I know that he, he wants like, he wants to do a mission, you know, part of his, some of the things that he wants to do is a thing where he lets veterans know that there is an alternative to, you know, alcohol. There's an alternative to self-medicating. There's an alternative to, uh, you know, listen, I know the VA is overwhelmed. I know they got more veterans than they do people and, and I'm not going to bash them, but you know, they've done a pretty poor job with mental health. Uh, they're getting better at it. They're trying really hard and I commend them for that. Um, but let's, you know, the point is that, you know, they've not been, on their a game. And so, um, I just want people to know that there's another resource that they can use and it's inexhaustible resource and it's God. And he can, you know, I asked Will one time, I said, man, how do you, how can you even process all that stuff and be normal? And he says, it's easy. I don't carry that burden. God does. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you can't argue with that. And so it's uh, it's definitely something that, you know, and, and I don't know where our relationship's going to go, man. Who knows what, what we're going to do? I know we're going to do something. I, and, you know, uh, you pop up all the time. And so I know that you and I are going to continue to do something. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know how we're going to help our community out. Um, underneath my my picture today, you can see a, a, a website. That's actually a website. You can go to veteransnetwork.club. And it's just like .com, but it's .club. And it's it's for iPhone. I'm a, this is for anything. Anybody can click on that link, and you can go to the website. And the Veterans Network, I don't know if y'all might have seen it on CBS Nightly News last week, but there was a group of veterans that came from Virginia. Uh, and this lady, she's a, I think she's a Marine Corps combat veteran, and she started this thing called No Pause Left Behind. And when she saw all the stuff that was going on in Texas – uh, she got together with the guy who came up with the Veterans Network, uh, David Pineda, and they uh, together raised a bunch of money. They got a bunch of water cases, like a 100 cases of water or something and other supplies. And they drove 2,400 miles uh, in two days to Texas, to Austin. Uh, and they, they connected with some needy, you know, some charities there, some people that helped them distribute what they brought. And that speaks volumes to what we always trying to do, right? We're always trying to help. Yep. And it's not limited to the veteran community, but we tend to lean that way. Yep. Yeah. And it's one day, one day we may find ourselves in a situation where we, we need help too. And, and 
we're going to hope that somebody's there to help us. Um, that's, that's the joy of, of life is being able to, to help somebody in need. Um, that's awesome that they did that. Um, and that's, you know, I didn't want to talk about you guys real quick because, you know, with your Isaiah coffee, you guys are giving back all the time. And even when, you know, we first, you know, kicked off GI resupply, I remember finding you um, and Carrie both um, just, but you guys were like, just popped up uh, on Facebook out of nowhere. So there's a reason why, you know what I mean? That you guys were put in our path, but Jose, you guys were the first ones that, um, you know, sometimes we'll put uh, veteran products, veteran owned products um, in our boxes and we'll ship those over to those overseas. So um, for two of those months that we've done that, Jose, your coffee was, was included in our box. Carrie's coffee was included in our care packages and they were shipped overseas to people, you know, who thoroughly enjoyed them. Um, Jose, you were the first veteran product that we, that we put in our, our care packages. So, you know, I, I don't know if I've ever thanked you for that, but I want to do that now because you, you helped, uh, set the path, make the path for us. Um, that was so early in our journey. Um, and it meant a, a ton. And so we really appreciate it. Well, man, that was, that was an easy ask, you know, cause I, you know, my brother, I knew he was going to get deployed and, and, uh, Scott is not my biological brother. Scott is my, my brother, just like you got brothers that you talk to that are closer than the family. Yeah, uh, Scott and John Grantham, those guys. I talk to them, you know, all the time. In fact, I'm going to visit them uh, in March, and we're yep. going to do our live on March 19th from John's backyard. So uh, that's going to be interesting. But I haven't seen those guys since the late 90s, and so. Um, but that's you know that says a lot about us, right? Because uh, I I've go, I can go years without talking to somebody, and then pick up the phone and. Yep. But Scott stayed in the reserves, and. Uh, he always, you know, he knew I was struggling with my weight. I have since I got out and he always made me feel like I was still part of the mission, no matter what he was doing. I mean, I've got pictures that I'll never share with anybody because, you know, they were from Scott to me and, you know, they're pictures that, you know, he, he trusted me. And of course, I mean, I, nobody will ever see them, but it was part of, you know, him reaching out like, Hey brother, you're still with me we're still doing this together. And, uh, and that's important for, I think all veterans to understand, even all active duty, everybody who's deployed is, uh, you're not ever alone. No. Uh, I don't care if you're in, in the middle of a, you know, sand dune, uh, in some godforsaken place or, uh, in the middle of the ocean somewhere or in the mountains somewhere, or even on a base somewhere where you don't know anybody mm -hmm. uh, as part of, the three percenters, the three percent, the military community, whether, you know, past, present, uh, whatever, you're always have, there's always somebody there. And I think that's so important. I always quote Joshua one and nine because it's my favorite verse. Actually, today, uh, my coworker, Mitch Bass, uh, when he said when he signed my my going away card, I don't even know where I put it now. It's somewhere around here. He signed it with uh, Deuteronomy 31 uh, and 
31-11, 31-11, I think, or 31-11. But it's basically the same thing. Joshua 1 and 9 is, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou go. And I've, I've had one opportunity or one situation that arose where I had to talk to a veteran who was in crisis. He was talking about hurting himself. And I didn't really know how to handle that situation. I wasn't, you know, I'm not trained for that. Uh, I didn't have any expertise, but what I do have is that inexhaustible resource. And so I, early in the conversation, I asked him point blank, you know, do you believe in God? He's like, yes, I do. And I'm like, okay. And I quoted Joshua one and nine. And I said, what that verse means is that when your family turns their back on you, when your friends shut their door in your face, when your girlfriend runs off on you, when everything on this world that you know is normal turns away from you and you think you're alone, you're not because God is always with you, period. And so, uh, you know, that's, it's just our community is unique, man. It really is. And, yep. and the fact that you've come through all that and you're giving back to the to the very people that we know uh, need it. And, you know, and yeah, we have veterans in crisis and there's a lot of people doing stuff for that. But there's a lot of people uh, that are deployed that don't have that. You know, some I remember there were guys that didn't have any family when they went in the military. They got yeah. nobody. Yeah. Hey, just. How you doing? Justin Charpentier just uh, joined in. He's a bit of a mentor to both of us. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Justin, you know, you missed it earlier, but I announced it uh, today uh, was my last day at work. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a bit terrifying, but uh, I'm so excited about uh, what lies around the corner. And Justin's another guy, uh, David, who, like you said earlier, you know, we popped up on your feed. Well, it, you know, I was praying for divine appointments. And I met Justin and I met a guy who owns a coffee farm in Honduras. Yeah. And one of them taught me how to do coffee and the other one taught me how to sell it. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and here we are. I mean, I'm, I'm self-employed. Uh, it's awesome. So, but yeah. So where does GI resupply go from here, man? I mean, what are the game plan? What's the game plan from today moving forward to the next three months, the next six months? I think uh, just continuing to grow, um, and you know, I know that we're focusing a lot on on troops who are overseas. But you know, recently we've been blessed. Um, we had someone reach out to us and ask, you know, could you guys send um, a care package to a veteran home where you know veterans who are homeless are are staying? Uh, absolutely. Um, so we we are blessed to be able to do that. And so I'd like to see maybe uh, us expand out to continue to do things like that, you know, not only for people who are who are serving abroad um, or stationed here within the U.S., but also those who um, who are out of the military and a care package would would lift their spirits as well. I mean, we hear about, um, you know, veterans, the veteran community. There's a lot of uh, of us who are going through difficult times as well. Um, any way that we could support them, I would love to do that. So um, I'd like to, I'd like to see that maybe be our next step. And that's an incredible move to make because I didn't realize until recently uh, how much of a problem we have with homeless veterans. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's incredible. You know, hanging around clubhouse quite a bit and you hear these people, well, you know, I was on the street for a year. I was like, what? Right. And I 
I mean, there was a lady the other day and she's like, I mean, I don't, I didn't understand it. How, how could I go from, you know, E6, E7, combat veteran, uh, comeback, everything's good. I'm well adjusted and end up on the street. Yeah. And so, uh, that's definitely an incredible direction to go. You know, we, uh, we work with several people. We work with, uh, combat Marine outdoors. Uh, they're a 503C that, that takes our wounded veterans, uh, people that come back, whether they're physical wounds or emotional wounds, they take them hunting and fishing all the way around the world. Uh, and so, yeah, and it's incredible. And so that, you know, they raise money and they pay for these trips for these guys and they deserve it. You know, we, yes, our, our deserve it. Our veterans deserve, uh, stuff like that, you know, and, uh, you know, I've got some really good friends that I've met over the years uh, working with our wounded uh, troops that come back. And, um, uh, you know, I met this guy, Tom, uh, he was at Fort Sam. He had pretty much just come off the battlefield, uh, still had, uh, didn't have a, a prosthetic for his leg yet. He had it. One of those halos, his other leg was yeah. a halo yeah. uh, with the pins and then mm. his hand almost completely gone. Uh, he had shrapnel, he had, I don't know how many surgeries to remove all the little pieces of metal and, uh, and stuff like that. And, uh, he and I are still friends. Uh, really, you know, I can call on him anytime I want and talk. He's just a good guy. And I remember him being here at the house one day and, and, uh, he, uh, he took his prosthetic leg off and we poured a margarita in it and drank and he calls it shooting the boot. And, <laughs> you know, when, I, you know, I, and then he was somewhere in San Diego or somewhere in LA and somebody broke into his truck and stole his prosthetic cuz he had different attachments for his Oh leg. no. And so what are you what are you going to do with a stolen yeah. prosthetic leg, you know? Some exactly. people threw it in the dumpster cuz he didn't know what to do and and uh anyway, uh but but Tom's just, you know, he's those kind of people that that um you know, I would do anything for and you know, he and I are friends because you know, we met that way and I was like, what are, what do you want to do? I want to go fishing. All right, let's go. And so we set it up and we found a boat captain and we, uh, and so, but th there's a lot of community like that, that, you know, needs help, but then there's so many more that you don't. Yeah. And how many of the guys that are homeless have those kinds of needs too? How many amputees have we got out there? How many people that have other physical needs that are on the street? You know, that's definitely an incredible, yeah. uh, you know, path to go down and, and, uh, well, listen, brother, we're hitting about an hour here. Um, I had a lot of people on Clubhouse. I hope I hope people will look up GI Resupply. Again, th this is not a, uh, uh, you know, something that for you or whatever. This It can be for one of your loved ones, but, uh, you know, David sends care packages to people all over the place, and they don't have to be family. Yep. And, uh, and so uh, subscriptions is a way that you can help David. The more subscriptions, uh, the more he can do downrange. And um, downrange is another term that the military use for folks that are, you know, in forward areas. And if you don't understand that, look it up. Uh, but, you know, people who are deployed, people who are on cruises, people who are on bases that are overseas, out of the country, uh, anywhere. And I love your, what you're doing, man. And I will always, you know, you know, all you have to do is send me a message, man, and I'll send you a bunch yep. of coffee. And um, if you want to do something really big, my my guy that I'm that I get my coffee from just told me 
that if we get a project going that he would be happy to donate uh, a bag of coffee a bag of coffee is 150 pounds wow um, and so we can come up with something uh yep. maybe mix it between the the packages and the homeless uh homes or whatever like that uh man let's let's get together and do something let's do it sounds like you and carrie might be doing something soon too uh who knows you know something with both with her coffee company and and yeah. autism. and uh, uh i just you know thank you for your time man thank you for what you're doing brother for the for our active community you know and uh, i don't i don't know about you but i know me personally uh you know if somebody says sends me something i'm going to be very grateful just yep. because to, i'm i'm grateful for it you know, when people say, hey, uh, thank you for your service, I'm like, yeah, thank you for supporting us. No doubt. You know, no doubt. They don't know what that means. You know, it's it's the little things in life that means so and that means so much. Yeah. And so but but I also know that when a veteran, uh, my friend that was a double amputee, that dude messed me up one one uh, one year because I always felt like my service wasn't the same as his. He goes, what's different? We both signed up. We both went to the service. Neither one of us went there to get hurt. Uh, mm. And I got hurt. You know, I got orders here and you didn't. So yeah. what's the difference in that? And I thought, well, it's just different. He goes, no, it's not. Yeah. And, uh, he messed me up one year because he called me on Veterans Day to tell me happy Veterans Day. Wow. I lost it. I couldn't even talk. And I was like, man, who are you to call me? But, you know, when a veteran does it it's got a lot more weight and i don't know why and i'm not trying to discredit anybody uh, like i said i'm very grateful for anybody who who uh, reaches out to veterans but uh, it's special when it's another veteran yeah you know? because I, they too. know that you have an idea of what they've gone through or what they're going through and i think that's that's big for our generation too if if we see those who served in Vietnam and, and some of those, those conflicts where they weren't welcomed home like we were, I think it's extremely important. Even if you didn't serve, I mean, if we see anybody who served in, you know, the Vietnam war to, to thank them, cause it, that may be the first time they've ever been thanked for their service. So it's just something to think about, especially around, around those days around, you know, veterans day and, and elsewhere. Especially. And for those of you listening who don't, who don't, didn't know that or don't understand that one of the biggest things that you can do for a Vietnam veteran is welcome them home. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a big thing. Walk up to them, shake their hand and say, welcome home. Thank you for your service. Uh, because they didn't get that. My uncle got spit on when he came home. They told him to dress in civvies. It didn't matter. They still spit on him. Yeah. And so it was just a terrible time. But uh, again, thank you so much. I'm going to do whatever we can, man, to continue to, uh, you know, to bring uh, people aware of what you're doing, because I think it's an incredible mission. Thank uh, you. You know, from a veteran to those that are serving. And, and that's that's the to me, that's the ultimate uh, give back. You know, you, you did your time, you walked away and now you're giving back. That's it, man. That's what it's all about. It's what life's all about. Any any little small gesture we can do to brighten someone's day. That's why we're here. Absolutely, brother. And everybody who's watched, Oscar, Jenny, Justin, everybody, Carrie, uh, we've got this other. Uh, so Ty Ellison, Eliason said, I'm going to show his real quick before we end. But uh, he said, thank you both for your service. I am able to be on my mission to stop veteran first responder activity, remember suicide. 
protect our freedom and keep us safe. God bless you both. God bless you, brother. Thank you for uh, tuning in. Thank you for the support that you give us. Um, and, uh, you know, we're just going to do the best that we can to, to help others. And so, um, uh, oh, what happened? Okay. <laughs> thank it's you, John. And, uh, and thank you, everybody else who has uh, commented on, uh, you know, giving me great, you know, people have sent me prayers and uh, words of encouragement. Uh, John has been there from the very beginning of my business. Uh, he's, he's done a lot of business in his life and he really coached me early on. And then, and then I got the, the coaching I needed from Justin for the digital marketing and, and, uh, and so many other people that have prayed for us and, you know, being in your boxes helps us because somebody downrange got my coffee. Yep. And and yep. I'm not gonna know what that is. I'll know from this point forward because I can track things with codes now. Cool. But at, at the beginning, I didn't, and so now eventually I will know when things go downrange if they come back and they become a customer. And so, that's awesome. yeah, those are great things. But uh, you know, we're just trying to get back, man, and that's what we're all trying to do. And so, um, my cousin Joseph, thanks for for. Um, for chiming in. Love you guys. Treat each other the way God intended us to treat one another with love and kindness. Uh, walk away from, from separation. You know, we don't need to be separated in this country. We're all Americans. Uh, and uh, we should be treating each other as such uh, for the greater good. And uh, it's, and people like us, uh, all of us who wore uniform made it a right for each and every person to feel and think the way they want to. And so we should all respect that, uh, even if we don't agree with it. Um, so uh, hang on for a second. I'll put you in the green room. I'm going to close this out. Thanks, brother. All right. Thank you, man. Hang on a second. All right, folks. That's a wrap. And that's a wrap for my job. And so uh, thanks for everybody tuning in. Uh, we've got a lot of incredible people coming on the show in the weeks to come. My mentor is coming out in a couple of weeks. Uh, Justin, he's going to be on the show next week. Uh, Kendall Mickelson, I believe, uh, is a Marine from Arkansas. And just those two things, Marine from Arkansas, should be interesting. Just going to say. Uh, I've had conversations with this guy, and I love him. Uh, and he's got a great business, too, that he's uh, working. And so thank you, everybody, for watching. Tune in for us uh, next Friday for God Country Coffee at 1900 Central Standard right here. And also, if you're on Clubhouse, we do a veterans praying, praising, and whatever pops up. That's the name of it. It's on Clubhouse. It's on Sunday evenings at 1900. I usually start it out with a Bible study. Uh, but if you've got an iPhone and you have Clubhouse, uh, hit us up. We're in the Veterans Network. And also look up veteransnetwork.club. And you can find the schedule of things that, that, are, that they're talking about there. Uh, until next week, I love you guys. God bless. Pray for us. Pray for us. Love y'all. Bye.